This is my comeback story. This is my comeback story. This is Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery, and you're listening to The Comeback. Closed on 55 acres and uh, facility yesterday in Gainesville, so that's pretty cool. Detox and res. Um, all happened on the, on the, on the birthday week. Um, just a, yeah, it's coming next. So uh, it, it's just really cool to, to, to see all this stuff happen. And again, just not even really being aware that, that this is, you know, whenever we're turning four years old as a company and a, and a desire. And so something that you have to worry, like understand about treatment is, is that, that it's, it's such a needed thing, obviously. Um, but it, treatment centers are, are, are like, get treated like airports. You know, it's like, yeah, we need one, just not right here. You know, it's that not in my backyard thing. And so we'll run into, um, I looked at a property really about, about 10 minutes from here um, on 10 acres. It was great. It was a lodge. It was all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, sure enough, it's next to five, $600,000 houses. And I mean, I get it, you know I mean? I just get that, that, you know, neighborhoods are just saying, Hey, we don't, we don't want to have a treatment center here. You know, it's the unknown. How's it going to be run? Is it going to be, you know, all those kind of things that, 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 that questions that any of us would have, you know, us that have, that are sitting in these seats right now. Um, but Finally, um, there is a, a program that was called Three Dimensional Life that was an adolescent program. And um, for whatever reason, um, they got to a place where um, they had, had really shut down operations. So 55 acres, um, it's a lodge, beautiful lodge, like something um, that would be kind of, a, kind of a hunting lodge feel on the inside that's licensed for 20 beds, um, an office building, uh, the rest of the acreage or the majority of the acreage can be developed. So who knows what, what all that's going to be out there. But if you would just continue to pray for wisdom and, you know, there'll be contracts. We just, we bought another building over here that we're going to move our women's program to. It's 5,800 square feet, about, um, I, I don't know, a quarter mile from here, right over here. So that's cool. I actually bought that a, a, a while back. And so it's just been sitting over there bleeding because of, of permits and, you know, you just don't you think I'm going to buy a building, I'm going to build it out. And then, of course, they're going to process it to death and charge you all kinds of money and hold it up forever. But that, that is finally in motion right now. So hopefully next 60 to 90 days, um, that'll be operational. So just remember, you know, in all of this, you know, we just, we need wisdom. We need God to build the house. We don't want to get, you know, in our flesh and realize that, that just as much on, on day on, on day four year is, is, is year four that we need him just as much as we did on day one. Um, and, and, and to never get, you know, where we're depending on resources and momentum of, of our own success. And remember that in your own life too. You know, remember how desperate that you were whenever you cried out to the Lord and however he met you to get you into this place to save your life. Just understand you know, if, if, if you continue to do this, you're going to start accumulating wealth because you're not going to be spending it on dope. And hopefully you don't waste it all at QT every time you stop by there. And, and you're going to see God start to do things in, in your life. But, but it, it really is about staying humble and not taking the bait to start believing in yourself, start, start believing your own press. Crowds are fickle. You know, you can one minute, you know, you're, you're just awesome. The next minute, you know, somebody's sending you some crazy email that you're the scum of the earth or whatever. And just, you know, staying centered on that. That's why it's so important that we get God's truth on the inside of us. Because you're going to hear so many different voices that are out there. 
The world's going to tell you you need to be this way. You get in a relationship and you're unstable, you know, or you get somebody that, that's not completely healed and all of a sudden they think you need to be this way and, and, and there can be pressure and, and the enemy can engineer through people to reinforce lives in your life and that is why it, it, is, it is paramount that you get God's truth in you so that you can center on that because if you don't have that identity, if God doesn't validate you and you start looking for validation elsewhere, then you're going to be like a wave that is just tossed to and fro. You're not going to stand for anything. Whoever you're around, you're going to be a hollow shell of a person never standing for anything. That's no, nobody can look up to somebody like that. Nobody can build with somebody like that. right? You're, you're, I promise you, your kids don't want to look at that as a role model. Nobody wants to employ that. Nobody wants to, to put that, that in leadership. And, and, and you will find yourself in a place of, 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 of very, you know, of, of people that are, that are full of regret um, that never really showed up and stood or, or did anything and, and, and realized that, you know, and I, I just say that, you know, to not land um, in, in, in a mean way, but just the reality and, and a soberness of mind about how important life is and how important and how desperate that this world is that we would be men and women of conviction that will have backbone. I mean, I'm praying like, God, put steel on the inside of me. Like, I'm not going to back down from this gospel mess. I had somebody, a worship leader recently, and said, hey, Trey, you guys are four years in now. He goes, are y'all still preaching the real gospel? Or have you backed down? He goes, when I come to speak, he goes, do I have to water down? I said, absolutely not. You don't have to water anything down. We've been, we've been preaching Jesus before the doors open. We're going to be preaching Jesus 20 years from now. No matter what it looks like, no matter what kind of pressure comes, I'll pivot, I'll rip this thing down to do what, what God has called us to do. We'll be wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove, but at the same time, never compromising or changing on that message that, that transforms to make sure that whatever that we present to you here, that you won't find yourself saying that sobriety is, is boring. We're going to be in Philippians tonight, you guys. The last time I was here, I think I talked with you a little bit about the Apostle Paul. I love his story. He was a guy that was a terrorist, a murderer, held the coat of the very first martyr of Stephen there in the book of Acts. Um, somebody that would have been, it just would have shocked the nation if you would have heard an equivalent testimony. I've likened him to somebody like bin Laden testimony of, of, of somebody that, 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 is a, a, that was a terrorist, that would have been converted, that everybody would have been scared of, and then God uses him to write 50% of the New Testament. He wrote the book of Philippians. While he was in chains, it is known as the book of joy. Now, a, a lot of you in here today, you know, we're, we're coming into the Thanksgiving season right now. I'm going to challenge you to be thankful, find something to be thankful for. But here this guy is, here this guy is in chains, He's locked up, you know, I mean, think about it. Think, think about how miserable that, that we can get. I mean, we're, we're in treatment. I can't believe this. And it's like, you know, or, or we find ourselves in jail for, what, for whatever, whatever crazy stuff that, that we did, you know, when we were out there, when we were using or whatever, and then we're frustrated. And we're like, dude, we deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the majority of the time, we didn't get caught, you know what I'm saying, for a fraction of what we actually did. Could have been in there doing a lot more time and then here we are disgruntled knowing that society has this in place to protect society from people like us needing to be there. And then we're mad even though it was our own choices that got there. Here 
Paul is doing God's will. You know, I mean, think about that. You know, I mean, you're like, dude, God, you told me to preach the gospel and now I'm in jail for it. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I mean, I, I would be like, hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I thought I was, everybody's going to clap and I was going to be on TBN and it was going to be so awesome. And, you know, and they're going to call me bishop or what, you know, whatever. And I was going to have all this thing. But then here he is in jail Writing with chains on him, and it's called the book of joy. If that, if that, you know, if you're sitting here saying, Hey, where should I start in the Bible? Maybe try Philippians. Maybe right now, if you're frustrated, that you can go to a guy. And I, that's why I give you context. That's why you need, when, when you study the Bible, I, you know, rush, you know, Bible roulette and pick a verse and close, you know, all, all the, those things are, those things are cute exercises, but you need to get a handbook, you know, may, maybe learn about blueletterbible.org. I'm just giving you some stuff that I use for commentary. It's important that you learn context. I mean, everybody knows the verse out of Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who th- strengthens me. You know, what if you took that verse and said, you know what? I'm going to be the greatest drug dealer that's ever lived. I can do all things through Christ. You think that's what Paul was talking about? <laughs> but if you don't know context, you just go pull a verse out. You can make it say whatever you want it to say. It's important that we understand the author, that we understand, you know, the, 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 the time period that it was written in. And that knowing that, that Scripture can transcend that. But it's powerful to understand that when Paul is sitting there, he said, man, I've learned how to abound. I've learned how to have a lot of things, to have great wealth. And I have learned how to be, to be at peace whenever I don't have anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But if we're not careful, we can apply that to selfish ambition. It's important that we understand God's word, how it applies to our lives so that we ultimately don't get weird in our spiritual pursuits, right? And so Paul is saying here in this third chapter, verse 12, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, I think one of our biggest enemies, as you sit in here tonight, is going to be your past. It's my biggest enemy. It's the past. It's the shame. It is the regret. It is the things that we did out there while we were under the influence or while we were in the pursuit of going to get drugs. The people that we put ourselves in in a demonic, a, a, a demonically fueled atmosphere and the things that are birthed out of that are are going to cause great shame that's what the enemy wants us to do that's what he did in David's life whenever he defected from Israel you know whenever you've got a a a godless king who's an immortal enemy of Israel is saying David you're going to be my bodyguard forever that's what the enemy wants us to believe and say man you're going to be a slave to Satan forever. You're going to be a slave to the dope scene forever. There's no hope. That's what they want you to believe. And even if you do want something different and say, man, your identity is so entrenched in the old life because of the compromises that you've made. You're thinking, man, I, I, I don't even, I can't even break out. I can't go be around church people. I can't go be around normal uh, society. I can't go and, and do anything responsible. I mean, this is all I know. I've committed my way to this life. I've been trained. I've been indoctrinated. 
by all of my idiotic friends and, and the drug scene. And, 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 and that stuff is, is now in my DNA. And so God comes, and like I was telling you guys last week, he puts all these stories in there to remind us that that's not what he has for us. That's why the prodigal son is in there. Jesus told that story. Everybody's saying, man, Jesus is all religious fanatic and he's not any fun. I mean, that, that he's, he's all about judgment and he doesn't like people like us and I don't fit in. I mean, he tells the story to shock the religious mindset to say, man, the father, Jesus came to reveal the father, says, man, I see the prodigal and I run after him. That's what I do. You think that that's not how it is. You think the church is going to reject that person. Jesus says, I'm going to blow your mind and I'm going to show you that I'm going to go after the prodigal after he's wasted and squandered everything to show a lost and dying world that I came to save them. But those who are religious, who think they are well, and we've got to be careful because we can find ourselves. Even coming out of this scene, you can still find yourself getting offended at God's grace. But God is here to show us that, I, that he came to take away the shame. You know, so we've got that. We've got shame, all the stupid stuff that we did, all the compromises we made, all the dear God, I wish I wouldn't have done that type of stuff. And then we have things that I remember in one of my treatment centers learning about euphoric recall. You know, what's euphoric recall? Back when I did dope, we primarily smoked it off the foil, right? When I would see tinfoil for the longest time, when I see tinfoil now, I don't think about meth anymore. But there was a time that I remember thinking every time that I would see tinfoil, I'm like, man, I wish that I could see that and be like my dad and think about a baked potato. But I don't do that. You know, and, 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 and depending on the time, I'd see a pen and I'm not thinking about schoolwork. I'm over there like, you know, about to throw up because it reminds me of, of, of my drug of choice. You know, and, and there's, you know, these other things where... You know, we, we, the, the weather starts to change, you know, and, and here we are in here. We've proven to ourselves time and time again that we can't use successfully. And we're like, oh, is that a little, is that a little hint of fall in the West? Bourbon weather. That's whiskey weather, you know, or, or, or whatever it might be, or summertime. And it's the late, everything built around this. And we have to have truth to remind ourselves and to surround ourselves with the right people and to fill ourselves full of truth so that we don't go back out there and do those things. But I think that shame is going to be one of your biggest enemies throughout your entire life. It is, it is with me. It is with me to this day that I have to know God's word, remind myself that I'm a new creation. I'm not defined by what I, what I did. Understand what God says about us. Know that that's precedent. Apply that to our lives and then live from that reality. John 8 is really where I, I got this message. John 8 is where the adulteress faces the light of the world. If you guys remember the story, Jesus is teaching, maybe a setting, something similar to this. And in the middle of his teaching, they bring in a woman who is caught in the very act of adultery, bring her in front of her, probably just covered in a towel or a, or a sheet. I mean, you can imagine all different types of interruptions of services. I mean, I don't know anything more shocking. And they bring him there or bring her there to catch him in a a catch-22, because he's saying, hey, if you say stone her, which is what Jewish law says she deserves, I mean, she just got caught in the very act of wrecking another home and, and, and destroying a family, 
Mosaic law, Moses' law, saying that she should be stoned. Roman law, saying that you must follow due process. There must be a trial. There must be a legal process before someone can be executed. So they think they have him in a catch-22. It says that Jesus gets down on the ground and writes in the sand. Nobody knows what he wrote in the sand. Some think that he started to write out the sins of all of the accusers. But they're getting ready to stone this woman to death. And Jesus stands up and says, you who were without sin cast the first stone. And I sat in a little Thai restaurant in Santa Maria, California, as a friend of mine started to break down John 8 so beautifully for me. And it was like in that moment that I'm listening to this story about this adulteress, and I knew all of the crazy things that I did. And I just started, just tears started to well up in my eyes because I knew that Jesus really came for the bottom of the barrel. Like he really came for somebody like me. There was nothing that we could do. There was no sin that was too great. There was no thought. There was no level of darkness that he couldn't reach in and save. And, and, and I think about different times in my life where I was so humiliated, where the drugs had beaten me down so badly. And, and I think about Jesus. You know, most people, man, you, like, you bring in somebody like that, like most people don't want to stand with that girl. Most people are just like, ah, oh, you know, just, just, just distance. You know, this is humiliating. Like, I don't want, I don't want my reputation. I mean, th- this, this is awful. I, I, I do not want to be associated with this woman. But I, I just think about Jesus standing with us in our pain, standing with us in our shame, standing there with us when the whole world is saying, man, that person right there is a failure. That person right there, not fit to walk my dog. That person right there, the scum of the earth, Jesus standing there and saying, hey, not only, not only are you guilty, and I'm going to offend that religious mindset and remind you that nobody is worthy, but then I'm going to raise this person up out of the treatment center, out of good landing that you think isn't worth breathing the same air as you, and then I'm going to use them as my mouthpiece. I'm going to use them as my hands and feet to radically transform the world if we'll let him. That's what he wants to do. He's saving you out of this that you can save other people, that, that you can do. And, and, and who knows? I mean, like, it's not just about this evangelism thing. Like, yeah, that, all that stuff is going to be great. And you have a, a family that loves the Lord. And there's a new standard that's been raised up. But what's God going to do with you in business? What, God, what is God going to do with you in law? What's God going to do with you in medicine? What's God going to do with you in all these different areas of society. There, there's really no telling. But, but you have to tap in to that power. Let him get on the inside of you. You're not going to do that. You'll never be your very best version of yourself in your own strength. I can't. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, and I don't say these things for effects, but I know who Trey Lewis is apart from Jesus. And I'm a man that is full of fear. I'm a man that is driven by insecurity and pride and I try to put on a huge ego to cover it up when in reality I'm I'm a hollow shell of a man but that when Jesus and the Holy Spirit came into my life and transformed my life that you get a new spirit a different spirit but it is about allowing a different spirit to take over and control your life it is it is submitting to that you know I mean you guys should be able to understand what I'm talking about right now if I decided that I wanted to be a liar I wanted to be a cheater I wanted to be a thief. I wanted to break the law constantly. 
I, you know, and I just kind of get a list and just say, hey, I want to do all these things. I could, I could like just, I could check the list every day or, or I could go drink some Budweiser. Do you understand that? I, I could go put some dope in my veins. All I got to do is put one spirit in that direction and I'm going to blast the metric. I'm going to blow it out. Do you understand that? I'm not going to miss a line on that thing because I put one spirit in there. So in the same way, if I'm saying, man, I, I, I want to be, be a better dad. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better leader. I want to I develop and grow and to be, you know, trade 2.0 and I want to go so far, right? And so I can sit there and I can start reading all the Simon Sinek books and breaking down Maxwell and there's nothing wrong with all that stuff. Those books are all in there on the bookshelf but but the point is is what I need and what I've built my life on and what has transformed my life is by me submitting to one spirit by me coming to God to the Holy Spirit and say man possess me take over me do something in my life that I can't do and he did it you know and there's been times where it wasn't always like this you know, there were times when I submitted to him and I would do excellent work when the, when the bank account didn't look the way that I wanted to look, when I didn't even have a girlfriend, whenever things didn't look like, you know, they, they, they just, they, they, they didn't seem like, you know, the, the, the way, you know, it, it's just when, when you're on the front end of your comeback story, like, like typically like, like chapter one, like right now, like, like isn't like the sexiest part of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's like, and tell me how you did three weeks in rehab, okay? Like, you know, you're probably not writing that book. You know, you're probably not getting a whole lot of speaking engagement offers and things like that while you're here right now. But it, it, is, it is a necessary part, but in that, you be excellent in that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times when, when, when I'm sitting there, you know, with, with barely enough money to split an apartment with somebody else in northern Santa Barbara County working at Honda that I was still putting the work into my goals. That I was still sitting there and, and looking at my life and taking my life seriously probably when other people would have been like, dude, you're over here writing service. I mean, you're, you're, you're over here like, why, why, why are you doing, like, dude... You, you don't, you don't need, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, you know, stop, stop wasting your time with all these dreams and, 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 you know, believing all these, these prophetic words over your life and do, you know, just, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, just, just chill out with all of that. Don't, 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 don't chill out with all that. I'll tell you, don't chill out with any of that. Like, go and spend your time, invest in yourself, take yourself seriously, set goals for your life, pray into that. Man, what, what's God going to do? Man, you don't even know. You have no idea what God can do with your life. You have no idea. And you have no idea that whenever it happens, I mean, it, it can just, it's just one day you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, I'm just, I'm living in mediocrity, but I'm believing in God. And then all of a sudden, and the next thing you know, like, you're in the middle of, like, what you're made for. I want to see you walk into that. Take your life seriously. I'm going to switch over to 4, verse 2. We'll work our way through a couple of verses that I think are going to make your time at Good Landing fulfilling, and they're going to make you successful here. He said, I employ Yodia and I employ Sintichi to be of the same mind. And the Lord, I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Here's what I want you to understand. He's saying, help these women be of the same mind. What that means is, is that conflict is going to arise even 
in the church, in the first century. You hear people all the time, I want to be like the first century church. Why? I mean, they, they were a mess too, okay? A lot of power on that church. They were a mess too. Read Corinthians. Unbelievable, okay? But here they are. Here they are fighting with each other. Know that conflict will arise. That's normal, okay? You, you want to be a person of impact, expect contact. It, it is going to happen. You want to leave your mark. I hear people up here talking about, man, this is, you know, I was born here. I die on this date, and then here's my dash. I want to be a person and a player of impact. That's fine. But if you want to be a person of impact, then you are going to bump into people. I bump into people all the time, all the time. You're going to bump into coworkers. You're going to bump in to other people who might not have your vision. You know, some of you are thinking right now of like, you know, you're right now and you're like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a company. I'm going to start, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this or whatever. Like, that's fine. I want to see you do all those things. But don't, don't expect that you're not going to run into some hard stuff. That people aren't going to say horrible things about you. They're going to try to undermine you. And they're going to kind of try to come and take your business at different times. You're like, what's going on? You know? And then at that point, you know what I'm saying? You're going to think back to my sermon. Don't be a wuss. <laughs> That's what you're going to think about. That's coming. That's coming in life. That's coming in everything that you want to do that, that, that is attached to something great. It's going to come with it's going to come with great challenge. It's going to come with adversity. You're going to find yourself in the middle of answered prayers, and you're going to see that it comes, that it comes with challenges and that it comes with conflict, and that you would, would, when you find yourself in conflict, that you're going to pray, and especially when you find yourself at odds with people in community, learn how to work through that stuff. We didn't, we didn't typically work through that stuff, you know? You know, we, we get to this place where we're just like, you know what, somebody offended me, so I'm just going to talk about them. I'm just going to try to hurt them. I'm going to try to make sure they feel the pain like that. Learn healthy ways to be able to deal with conflict while you're here. It'd be one of the greatest things that you learn on how to deal with conflict. Get above the fray. Dude, people are going to be people. People are just going to be people. You know, people are sitting around all the time. They're thinking about themselves more than they think about you. And guess what? You're one of them. <laughs> You do it too. We're all so selfish. I do it too. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it is what it is. We're just, it's just, it's just part of the deal. So just don't be shocked when you come up with a great idea and nobody's not ready to, you know, come and serve the vision immediately. And four, he said, rejoice in the Lord all. And I also want you to understand too, because he says, that, he says, whose names are in the book of life. So don't think, you're thinking like, oh, I expect conflict from the world. I don't expect it from people in the church. Well, don't be delusional, okay? Church people, world people, Holy Spirit, no Holy Spirit or whatever, you'll, you're going to run into conflict, you know. And, and again, make sure you get something real in God. I've been around long enough. I mean, I, I spent a few days with a guy that's led more stadium prayer, prayer events than anybody in history. You know what? He's, he's a guy. I got no more heroes. I got people that I appreciate just... You, you get something real. It, it, it doesn't matter to me anymore. It doesn't matter to me what my, you know, if my, you know, God forbid, if I found out that my whole pastoral leadership team at the church I was going to were all manufacturing methamphetamines and selling dope or whatever, like, it, it, would, it wouldn't even, like, it would not phase me on my relationship with Jesus. Do you understand that? Like, you, you just, that's why you've got to get some, people are people. 
You're going to see, you're going to see people fall. You're going to see all kinds of crazy stuff. You're going to have leaders that are going to let you down. You're going to have mentors that are going to let you down. You hang out with me long enough behind clothes. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to let you down. You're going to find out real quick that people are people. There's no, there's, you know what I'm saying? Don't be getting enamored and mesmerized by people that can let you down. Yeah, let, the, let people lead you. Let people be able to sow into your life. Honor the gift of God. I'm not trying to tell you to demean them or not show honor where honors do. But, but make sure that you have something real in God. If you find yourself following people, you will be disappointed. Then he says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. What do I do with my life right now, Trey? I don't understand. I don't know what to do next. You know, should I date? Should I get married? Should I stay married? Should I leave in 90 days? Should I stay for five years? I might need five years. You know, I, I, just, just know that this right here is the secret to how to spend your time right now if you don't know what's next. I hear that all the time, man. What's, what's God's plan for my life? What, what am I supposed to do? You know, should I, should I, should I go and, and, and become a welder? You know, should I, should I go and, and work on the farm? Should I become a drug and alcohol treatment person? Should I do sales? Should I be a doctor? Should I be a lawyer? Should I be, should I, 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 I gotta, it's all, you know, and, and I'll just sit down I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it, it, it says to, to, to be grateful, to be full of gratitude, bring your requests before the Lord and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. So, so what it is is that I'm going to seek the Lord and I'm going to say, God, show me what you want to do with my life. I, I know, God, that there is a time and a season for everything. God knows who I'm going to meet. He knows the person that I, that, that I need to meet to, to do whatever he's got next. He knew about that place in Gainesville. I'm sitting over there thinking, man, are we ever going to find a place where we can launch detox and rest? I get a call out of nowhere, out of nowhere. I got 55 acres already zoned, already ready. I mean, I just am like, dude, I, I just, I, I couldn't have made it up. I could, not, I, could, I could not make it up. I couldn't have manipulated. There was no political power. Didn't need to call the lieutenant governor to talk to his third cousin who knows Larry down at the thing. You know, like, it, it's just got, you know, and, and that's another thing, too. Stop trying to manipulate and, 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 and find yourself doing all this, this political, you know, trying to rub elbows and shoulders. Get, that is nonsense. That is the biggest waste of time, knowing that it's God who promotes, knowing that, that, that it's God that holds your future. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You got a standing appointment every day if you want it with the CEO, 100% owner of the entire world. The entire world. I'm not talking about Dan Cathy. I'm not talking about Trump. I'm not talking about Biden. I'm not talking about Senator whoever. I am talking about the CEO of the world who holds those guys in his hands. They're nothing to him. It says the rulers of the world rage and that God looks down from heaven and laughs at them. They rage and they scheme and they plot and he laughs at them. And we're running around here paying no attention to him knowing he created us, knowing that nothing that we're going to advance in is going to happen without his, without his permission and without him 
breathing on it, especially anything that's going to be lasting, and we always want to shelf him. Just ghosted him. Every morning, got to run off to, you know, to whatever it is. Giving him zero time and then find, wondering why this great disconnect between where we are and where we're supposed to be. Why there's no peace. Why we feel like we're disconnected from purpose. Why we feel like that we're bored with the life. Stay connected to the life source. What does that look like? That looks like the word. That looks like being around people that are going to encourage you. You get around a bunch of knuckleheads that you think that are, that, that are cool, that, that aren't full of faith. I don't want to be around dream killers. I don't want to be around somebody that whenever I, I bring up some kind of idea of, of saying like, man, we ought to expand and, and do, do detox and res, or we ought to run a program out in northern L.A. because we feel like God is calling. That's just too far. That ain't never going to shut up. Yes, yes, it will work. <laughs> I want to be around people that are like, yeah, let's go after that. I'm going to believe with you. I'm going to pray with you. I know God can. That's a God-sized dream, but we're going to trust him and believe because that's what, it, that, that's what his word says. I mean, but I'm not talking about running off and disconnecting from him, but according to, to what he's showing and that what he's doing in our lives and saying, yeah, God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can hope or imagine. That's the life that he has for you. That's the life that he wants for you. That's the life that he died for to be able to give you. But yet we'll, we'll so often, you know, sacrifice it in pursuit of our own ways that we want to try to manipulate. And, 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 and it really is. Mark Batterson said it best. Work like it depends on you. Pray like it depends on God. I'm not saying this in place of work. I love to grind. I think it's important to work and to get up and to go hard and to make sure that you've got a plan and you're thinking through stuff, you know, that you've got an operational plan about how this thing is going to look, you know, saying, hey, when I get out of here, you know, I want to, you know, you, you, you sit around and, you know, and you're like, I, I want to own a business. Really, have you ever talked to anybody that's owned a business? Have you ever spent five minutes with somebody that's owned a business? Have you ever even thought about what it takes you know what an FEIN is. You know what it takes to get articles of incorporation, set of bylaws. You know, any, any, anything. You know, I mean, just, I'm just, just basic stuff of sitting down. And you can say that stuff all day long, but then you're saying, hey, I want to be able to put legs to this thing. You say, man, I, I, want, I want an awesome wife. But yet you're spiritually disconnected. Man, I want a wife that loves God and she's beautiful and she's going to, you know, and yet you're over here <laughs> looking at porn all day. You know what I'm saying? Stinking you know, blowing out, you know, just trying to, you know, I mean, just, you know, like, were you crazy? I mean, you, 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 all you're going to do is ruin it if by some chance you can trick the poor girl. You're going to run the thing in the ground. So if, if you're not doing anything to, to be able to, to advance and to position yourself so that you can receive what God wants to be able to do in your life, you know, it, 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 it is, I, I'm, I'm encouraging you to say, man, if you, if you want something different, like don't, don't waste this season of your life. Know the season that you're in. You're in a season of making war in your life. You need to make war in your life so that you can know real peace, 
Real enemies out there, the season that you're in right now, God giving you grace to be able to kill the giants. Just like I talked to my six-year-old the other day. We're talking about David and Goliath. How, how are we going to kill giants, man? We're going to move in the opposite spirit. You see how, man, I'm telling little Bo, I'm just like, man, you see what David did? You see how everybody else shrunk back. Everybody else was scared. And this teenager shows up and says, man, who is that punk that defies the armies of the living God? He had a different spirit. Everybody else, everybody else shrunk back. And David said, this day, boy, I'm taking your head and your boy's heads. And he goes out and he delivers. He had a different spirit. He had a different spirit. I want to set up in Tequila and run a treatment center and let it be the largest standalone. I'm just, I'm, my, my point is, is great faith. God's looking for some knuckleheads who have some great faith. He said, man, I'll bless that right there. I'll put fire on that right there. You see that one right there? You see him that is so full of pride, and he's not a punk, and he's got humility, and he loves God. You see that one? I'll put fire on that one. I'm going to put fire on that one, and I'm going to light him up. He's looking. And for ones who will pour it out, empty it out. You say, God, I don't have it all together. I don't even know. I don't understand all this stuff. But, man, I want everything that you've got. I want everything that you've got for me. I don't want to leave anything on the table. I am so sick of living a life that is disconnected from you. I want it all. I want it all, Jesus. I want everything that you died for, all the relationship, the interaction that I can have with you, the peace that I can know, the love that can pour. I'm so tired, man. Every time that I get pressed, man, nothing but venom comes out of me. Nothing but poison comes out of me. God, I want, I want love to pour out of me, God. And I want to know what it's like, God, to, to just be. I just don't want to be controlled by the old life anymore, God, to pour out the love of the Father in me, God. Do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can hope or imagine. God, you said, man, that all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's wild, man. That means nothing wasted. All of our crazy nights, all of the stupid stuff that we did, all of the, all of the stuff that God is saying, that that is, that is biblical legal precedent to say, man, all of your worst nights that God works them together for good. It's crazy. That is so crazy to me to be able to look back and to say, man, my absolute, the, the, the worst, if there was a highlight reel of Trey Lewis's worst, that God says, I'm going to take that highlight reel right there that you don't ever <laughs> won't go live on social media, and I'm going to use it and work it in together for your good. What are the qualifiers? That you love God and that you're called according to his purposes. Those are the qualifiers right there. That's it. Say, God, I love you. I love you, and I know that you have a purpose for my life. You made me, so therefore I have a purpose. That means that all things, all of the dumb stuff that I did that landed me in good landing recovery, that landed me in Rankin County, that landed me in wherever you have been that you did not want to be the God said, man, I'm going to work it all together, and I'm going to use that in such a powerful way. May God send fire on all of our lives. He's a good father. You know, it's so funny. I'll close with this. I, my, again, um, there was a, Bo had a, uh, a, a Thanksgiving performance last night over at the Buford City Schools little whatever, Center of Arts or whatever they call it. And um, 
you know, and it was before the show, and they're all standing up there, and, like, all the parents are, you know, sitting in there and, you know, trying to wave to their kid. And so I'm like, oh, Bo, Bo, and I'm, I'm Bo, you know, I'm like, I'm just kind of yelling. And, and I'm over there, and, I'm, and, and finally this lady behind me, she's like, sit down. She's like, I'm trying to film, and I'm like so mad, you know, and I'm turning around. But I was just was thinking about that today is, you know, it, 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 it's, this, it's this sense of, like, man, how you see God. You know, like, 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 like God isn't, I mean, God, God's a front row dad, right? You know, I, I mean, Bo gets up there last night and sings a little turkey dance and, you know, claps, you know, kind of on beat, whatever. And I'm like, he just, you know, I'm like, I love that more than I love being a game five of the World Series. I'm like, that's my boy. That's my six-year-old clapping on beat, kind of. That's him. He's mine. I love him. That's awesome. He's better than everybody up there. That one right there with his shirt tucked in. I don't know why he's doing that. And, and, and I just, you know, and I want us to understand, like, man, that's, that's God. Like, he's seeing you right here. And you're thinking, dude, what am I even doing? God's like, dude, I am, I am here on the front row with my thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, my daughter right there. She's awesome. He loves her. You know what I'm saying? That's him. He's the dad with the phone on the front row. Just fired up about you. Over here killing it in treatment center. Like, look at him right there. He should have punched the house manager in the mouth, and he did it. You see him? He's getting it. He's getting it. Come on. This is amazing. He didn't punch him in the face. Do you see that? He made him so mad, and he didn't go. He did not go and get drunk. That's my boy back there. Gunner, yes. You know what I'm saying? That, it, it, it's just, that's just... That's how I want you to see, man, not this angry guy that's like, you better not get in trouble. You know, and, and, and if you seem like that and we're saying, hey, the secret is, is spending time with you, why are you going to spend time with somebody like that? I don't want to spend time with somebody like that. I'm like, what's he about to do? Like, you know, like, you know, be nice. You're about to catch me with the overhand right. Like what? I mean, I don't want to, you know, I want to know, man, that, that, that God is, you know, is for me and he's not, not signing off on my sin. But he knows, man. He just, he, he knows. Like, yeah, Trey's not Billy Graham, okay? <laughs> never never going to be Billy Graham, okay? But, you know, he, he, can, he can do, man, he can do the impossible through our lives right where we are. He loves you. He's a good dad. He's cheering you on. He is for you. You know, find, find stuff, man. Focus on those things. Meditate on those things that are pure, that are true, you know? What, what have you been meditating on? Have you been meditating on things that are going to, to bring, you know, if I'm just sitting around just always just thinking about something negative, the gossip that's going on. I can't believe she said this. I can't believe he said that. If we're thinking about those things, man, then, then, then your time here is going to be poisoned. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call. It's 770 770- 570 770-7422